So I just want to give you a few, th- I just want to finish the message of this morning. Uh, so we're not going to be fully recapping, maybe a little bit, but um, I want us to, the reason I'm just taking a bit long today on the message was just to lay a foundation when it comes to what is the blessing uh, that you are blessed and you are not cursed. Are you guys with me? You know, the wrong doctrine out there is astounding because uh, I've seen people messaging us and they're messaging us all the time, all the time because we have many avenues, networks and so on and they message us all the time and they'll say, Prophet, you know, uh, I need your prayer for a whole two years. I have not been financially, I, I haven't received any financial breakthrough. I don't know if there is a cursed item in my house or if I have been cursed and I have renounced everything. I've done this. And all I'm, all I'm hearing is just works, 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 works. And someone that doesn't have a revelation of who Christ is or the finished work of the cross. Because they still want to do this, still want to do that, still want to do this, still want to do that. The blessing is received, not worked for. Are you guys with me? The blessing is received, not worked for. It is simply to believe. Let me see if I can... If I can get that scripture, um, where was it? Just, just, just stay with me. Maybe if I do this. Yes, I should be able to. Yes, go through to. Yes, let's do this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with me to. Go with me to Matthew chapter number, wait. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 21 verse 18. 21 verse 18. I want to, I want to give tonight, I want to give five things that the blessing will do for you. But outside of that, I'm just laying a normal foundation. But five things that say with you, five things that the blessing will do for you. Now, we're going to do a few weeks on the blessing up until the conference, I believe. I want us to lay a really good foundation with this. But listen to this. Now, in the morning, am I reading the right translation here? Yeah, now in the morning, as he... Yes. Let me just, let me just... Sorry, I wanna... Okay, let's go, yeah, let's, let's carry on reading where it was. I'm just making sure. So in the morning, listen to this. As he returned, in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit go, grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Say with me, immediately. That's the thing that Jesus wanted to bring attention. Not the fact that He could do it, but that He can do it with immediate results. The blessing has the ability to change your life in 24 hours. It's called a 24-hour miracle. It is all over Scripture. Are you guys with me? But many go from miracle to miracle and not living a blessed life. 
so going from miracle to miracle, we live on the charity of God. So we pray and we have faith and we trust that somebody come and give us a handout, that God gives us a handout. Miracle money, debt cancellation, a miracle year. Or you can bring a blessed life. So a miracle, uh, let me say it like this. Going from miracle to miracle is where I get a healing. Living a blessed life is where I live in divine health. Are you guys with me? Going from miracle to miracle, crisis to crisis and miracle to miracle, I might get debt cancellation. Living the blessed life, I prosper fully. And the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. There's, there's about 20 people that hates money in here. It's okay. Will you ever visit someone's house who hates you? Okay. Jesus was never against money. Jesus was very wealthy. When the Magi came into the city to look for Him, they didn't come as three old wise men like the Scripture says. They came in with thousands of troops to make a king. Are you guys with me? And they gave Him a king's treasure and a king's bounty. And as they give him a king's treasure and a king's bounty, they set him up for life, more than 14 million US dollars, according to today's value. And he was set up for life because God knew if he was going to give his own there, he will look after them. How much more you who are born of his flesh, of his spirit, of his bone, firstborn of the image of God. Are you guys with me? That He's the firstborn of many brethren. That we are made and conformed into His image. Why would God not bless you? Are you guys with me? I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear me. Krugersdorp this morning was like, they were looking, you know, you were talking, but the eyes were going that way and then the eyes were going that way. So don't, 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 don't let me preach to you and your eyes are going this way and your eyes are going that way. Don't let money offend you so much. Because there's one thing that affected people or that brings poverty in. It's called religion. Religion keeps a people poor. Why do you not see billionaires in the church worldwide? A few, one or two year, one, one, two. Even multi, multi-millionaires. Why do you not see them? Because religion is designed to keep people poor and to keep people dependent on the church. I'm just going to be straight out with you. Are you guys with me? So the moment you want to preach freedom, I spoke, I've spoken to how many pastors, how many preachers, they would say, no, 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 you know, you're going to lose your people. You're going to do this. People are going to stop giving people. No, no, no. The truth will set people free. So what they're saying to me is they're actually believing what I believe, but they just don't want to preach it. So they are a hypocrite. So no, 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 you're going to give your people a license. I believe you cannot lose your salvation. One preacher said to me, he believes he cannot lose his salvation. But you know, if he preaches it, he's going to allow his, give his people a license to sin. I said, your people are sinning already. Don't think so highly of yourself. Without, with or without you, they are sinning. Whether you say what, they are sinning. You might as well give them the truth that they don't have any condemnation. That sin is not sin to you if you're in Christ and you would. But now Leon, you're giving people a license to sin. No, no, no. You will not want to sin. 
if you have truly accepted Him. You will not. The Spirit of God in you. Grace has dominion over sin. Romans 6 verse 14. Grace has dominion over sin. So once you've accepted, it is those who have not accepted Him fully. That is religious. That is saying, you know what? If this preacher says it, then oh, he's giving me a license. Then I might as well just go out and do, do, do this. this. Go out and do it. Who are we? We are not your, uh, I'm not your God. If you want to hear God speaking to you, go out and try to sin. You'll hear His voice. It's lesson one, 101. Ian, how to hear the voice of God. If you want to test if you're a true believer, try and go sin. Are you guys with me? Now, if you can without hearing His voice, you're not a true believer. Because then you don't hear the discipline of God and you don't hear His voice. He says, my sheep will know my voice. And God disciplines those whom He loves, whom is His. He does not discipline an illegitimate son. He disciplines a legitimate son. So He disciplines those who are His. So if He doesn't discipline you, you are not His. The Lord knows those who are His. The Lord knows those who are His. Uh, Peter is saying. So, 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 uh, um, sorry, sometimes when I, when I preach, my, my nose is like itching. Um, so, so, God knows who is His. God protects who is His. And uh, if He, if, 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 so, so those who are saying you're giving people a license to sin, no, you're talking, you're talking nonsense. We don't, don't give people that much power. Don't give preachers that much power to say they're giving you a license to sin. When we preach this gospel, it is truth. It will set you free. And how can I believe something and not preach it? That is the most, you know, this year we'll do a, a, a thing on our, maybe this year in our, in our ministry school and we're busy changing, rebranding that as well. And uh, we're doing a lot of things. I'm also doing a lot of things in, in the Global School of Ministry, but we're rebranding it. And we're going to do a, the four views of eschatology so that people can understand the full four views of eschatology and that the church can understand there's not just one view. Because the moment you think there's one view, your doctrine is, your belief system is so limited, trust me. And you only see through those spectacles and perception. Anyway, let's go to, let's go to, let's get into the blessing of God. Let's go to Colossians 2 verse 6. No, wait, where were we? Ma Matthew 21. I'm still busy reading here. Matthew 21 verse 19. I didn't even start what I wanted to say there. Matthew 21 verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and he found nothing on it. So he goes and the Bible says, immediately the fig tree withered away. Next verse. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Say with me, so soon. So they were not shocked that it withered away. They were shocked that it happened immediately. So God has given you the power to bless or to curse a situation in your life. Are you guys with me? By your words. So how do I activate the blessing? Number one, by faith. But number two, by the words that I speak. Because the word bless, which is engaleo in the New Testament, makairos is another Greek word for it. There's two Greek words, but one of them means to speak well of something or to speak well of someone. 
Are you guys with me? To bless someone or to curse them. Now, no curse can hang over you, but people curse their own situations. So no devil, nothing has put you where you are today. Are you guys with me? He was defeated at the cross, dethroned and destroyed. I am where I am because of the decisions that I've made. That's it. Mm. But there's good news. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did it with us away so soon? So the shock that it happened so soon. Next verse. So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, say with me faith, and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, so you can do what was done to the fig tree. You will not only do that, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Now tell me, is Jesus a liar? Next verse, very simple. Let's look at the next verse because everybody wants to justify why this isn't true. And whatever, so the whatever, things you ask in prayer, anything you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So say with me, believe and receive. That's the gospel. Let me smash another golden cow that has been made up by the church that you have to repent to get saved. I will teach on the don't worry. You repent, you go do your thing all time. Repent, repent. Because you don't even know what it means. How can you speak about repentance? It is an add-on to salvation that was never required for the Gentiles. And when it was mentioned in Scripture, it spoke about a mind change, not a, not, a, not a forgiveness of sin the way we think it is today. What does repent mean? It just means I turn the other direction and I go the other direction. It means I turn 180 degrees and I go the other side. It doesn't mean I get on my knees and I say, God, I repent. It's out of context. That's not what it means. I can get on my knees and say, God, forgive me for what I've done here. But repentance means I change the way I used to do things. And I don't do that anymore and I do something else. But it's got nothing to do with salvation because your do's and don'ts doesn't earn your salvation. There's one thing that can allow you to tap into your salvation. It is to believe and to receive. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to receive His free gift into your life by faith. So you have been saved by grace through faith. Are you guys with me? It is that simple. It is the same with the blessing of God. It is believed and received. Why do people not walk in the blessing? Because they don't believe it. Are you guys with me? They don't believe it. If you can believe in your mind, I am blessed. You're, 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 you, not that you are going to be blessed. You have been blessed. The word blessed, when Jesus is blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed is this one, the Beatitudes. The word blessed is, is, is synonymous to the Greek mythological gods that had divinity. And uh, they were in an in a eternal, constant state of bliss and happiness and blessedness and joy because they were dead and they were in divinity. So they were seen like that. So when Makairos was used in the New Testament, it was used for Greek mythological gods. That specific Makairos, that specific word. And, was, and when Jesus came and said, no, 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 you are Makairos when you have this attitude. You are Makairos when you have this attitude. 
you have Makairos, when you have this attitude, it shocked everybody because they immediately knew what he was talking about. They didn't just think, oh, we think blessed today like LA. No, no, they thought of Greek myth, myth uh, what do you call it, mythology, Greek mythology. Are you guys with me? Uh, um, that was a prominent belief system those days. So, so, it is, how do I tap into this thing? I believe and I receive. Repentance is just a change of lifestyle I'm doing. There's no word or phrase that has to come out of my mouth and say, I repent. No, repent means to change your mind. So many people say they repent and nothing happens with their life. They're still the same. Are you guys with me? But how do you do this thing? It's nothing with do's. It is about receiving. The old covenant says you must do this and you must do that. The new covenant says God has done it, receive it. He has gone to the cross, receive it. He has taken your rejection upon the cross, receive acceptance. He has become the curse upon the cross, receive His blessing. He has taken poverty upon the cross, take prosperity. He has taken sickness and illness upon the cross, take your healing. Are you guys with me? Which means it is a matter of receiving, but I can only receive if I have faith and I know how to put my full trust. I can only have faith if the Spirit of God gives it to me. Are you guys with me? Let's go to, wait, wait. Yeah, let's go to, let's go to Colossians 2 verse 6. So what was Jesus saying to them? He was saying to them, I curse this victory to tell you that you can do it also. And whatever you ask and desire, you can have. Meaning, and I can get into the scriptures of desire and anything you desire, you shall have. That God is there. He says that everything, and then the, the, the disciples were amazed that it happened so quickly, so soon. Meaning that when you have and understand this, the answer to your prayers becomes quicker. Are you guys with me? This is the gospel of grace, but it's not the gospel of grace. It's simply the gospel. Isn't it, I am amazed how the church has gone off from it. You know, as I'm reading the Bible, I realize, my gosh, why have I listened to so many preachers that doesn't have a clue what they are saying? Um, the more I'm reading the Bible, the more I'm studying the Bible. And I, and I have always known what I've known. I've always believed it, but people have made up their own doctrines. And then I realized, but wait, what I believe in, believing in the Bible is actually not the way that uh, other people believe. So religion has created, the same as the Roman Catholic Church that has lied to the people and not allowed them to read the Bible for themselves. And when Martin Luther uh, uh, took and got the scripture, the just shall live by faith. Is it that one? I think it's that one. The just shall live by faith. Um, uh, 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 um, they, they, when he got that revelation, he brought them out of the uh, he brought them out of the out of the uh, bondage and the religion, and in fact they wanted to kill him. Religion is so powerful. I think the other person is on and I haven't put this together to to really preach it. It's just coming to my mind now. What is his name? What is his name? I 
think it is Weymouth. Weymouth. It's a Bible translation. I think it is Weymouth. I think I might be totally wrong. It's not, I'm not holding to it, but there was someone also who translated the Bible. And I know all the Bible translations and where it comes from. I just, it's not in my mind right now to preach on it because it comes from three different manuscripts and three, four different people that translated it. And, and uh, uh, King James was one, only one of them, but I think it was Weymouth. I'm not exactly sure. And uh, he, uh, he was burned at the stake by the church for doing it. Are you guys with me? Because they wanted to keep the key of knowledge from the people. That if they know that they can receive this by free, they're not going to come and be dependent upon the church. The state is not going to be dependent. Because at that time, those times, the state were dependent upon the church. In fact, the church was the main thing. The church created laws. Are you guys with me? So they had to keep the knowledge. Same thing with when Jesus came with the Pharisees. He said, you have kept the key of knowledge from the people. You yourself have not entered and you have not allowed the people to enter. Because what the Pharisees said those days became law. Are you guys with me? So the Mosaic law was mixed with civil law. So when you, you would not wash your hands, for example, to do, you would break the law. So Mosaic was overlapping the civil law. So what they said, and they knew that if they say this, they are going to... Um, they're going to get into so much trouble. Uh, or if they say this, people are going to be set free. And the moment people are set free, people aren't going to be dependent upon them again. Listen, there's no requirement for your salvation outside of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone that tells you anything different has brought in another gospel. Are you guys with me? Let's, let's read on just for interesting sake. Colossians 2 verse Colossians 2 verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not accepting, not according to Christ. For in Him, say with me, in Him, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. In Him, but people don't understand. You know, and we do these teachings, we throw it out a little bit last year and we're going to do it again. But people don't understand that evil spirits don't come from Satan. Nowhere in Scripture. Even Satan doesn't come from, even Satan up until this point is still employed by God. That is why we see in Job he had to go give an account. That is why we see in the old covenant that God sent an evil spirit to Saul and sent an evil spirit to this one and a lying spirit because there's one judge. Are you guys with me? And he works according to fairness. So there was an old covenant, old contract. And then there's a new covenant, a new contract. We have a new contract, but we also have a new lawyer. A mediator. That is the perfect lawyer. And the moment I say that I can lose my salvation or the blessing of God, is the moment I say that I'm making him as the intercessor weak, and I'm making him as a lawyer or as an attorney weak, and I say that he can't do contracts. He came and gave you a new contract a new covenant. 
Are you guys with me? When people understand new covenant or new creation realities, when you understand your kindness creation, that you are a new man, that you are blessed already, that you have been blessed, that you are complete, full. When you were born, you were complete. I'm not saying perfect, but you were born complete. You were never more anointed than what you are right now. And you were never less anointed than what you are right now. The anointing is the same. The anointing cannot increase or decrease in you. He is the Holy Ghost given to you. It is just your flesh that decreases or increases. The anointing is the same and it flows out a certain way. You have never been less anointed or more anointed than what you are today. You were born complete, 10 fingers, 10 toes, all the organs. A full man, a complete man. Are you guys with me? And when you have that mindset, you begin to realize, but wait, I stop working for things. I'm not gonna go and try to bend God's arm by my little prayer life or my little word life. That is gonna begin to flow automatically. Is it good for you to get in the Word? Absolutely. But it's not gonna change God's mind on your salvation. His mind has been set at the cross. His mind was made up when He saw His Son on the cross. And it was at that moment where the anger of the Lord ceased against sin. His anger stopped there against sin. Are you guys with me? God doesn't judge the church. Did I say it this morning here or in Krugerstorp? Maybe in Krugerstorp. I know it sounds really great when these preachers are saying God is judging. And, and, and many times when, when we would say, well, that is me. I'm not sure what they are understanding. When I would say God judges, I would actually mean discipline. God disciplines. He can discipline you. He can remove leaders. That's the discipline of the Lord. That's the choosing of the Lord. It's not His judgment. His judgment, oh, but judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Where's the verse? And the verse that you're quoting in Peter is in relation to something else, which is connected to 8070. The other verse that you're using in, is it 1 Corinthians chapter number five? Give me the one where it says that Paul is saying, I judge those who are outside or inside or something like that. Just say, I judge those who are inside Corinthians. I think try 1 Corinthians 5 or 16 maybe. Let's put it on. 12, 5 is 12. Let's, let's put it on. Let me return you something. One verse back. One verse forward. Okay, listen to this. Oh, but God judges His house. Okay. For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Does Paul say Him or God? Him. Do you not judge those who are inside? It doesn't say God. Are you guys with me? For what have I to do with those judging? What have I to do with judging those also who are outside? He's saying, listen, I'm not there to judge those who are outside. Do you not know? Do you not judge those who are inside? He says, listen, we're supposed to judge those who are inside. Not, uh, not God, us. What is God's job? Next job, next verse. But those who are outside, God judges, which means God doesn't judge those who are inside. Man judges those who are inside. Your God has already judged you at the cross. The Bible says you have already gone to judgment. Judgment has already been passed on you at the cross with His Son. Are you guys with me? So this thing of God is judging this. Listen, God, how? 
Who judges their own bride? People need to make up their mind. Are we the bride? Are we the body? Are we, are we God's... Uh, what? People need to make up their mind. Are we, are we, are we some, uh, uh, some uh, uh, enemy or, or, or a, a convict that is being judged? No, you're his bride. Complete. A full man. The church. Are you guys with me? The old people don't know the new covenant and the devil has stolen the new covenant belief system from people so that they don't tap into what God really has for them. And what happens? They keep just fighting on just not having condemnation and they keep fighting on earning God's blessing and earning God's acceptance. He's already accepted you. The Bible says you are accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. He took rejection so that you may be accepted. Very simple. We don't read the Word. We don't take the Word as it is. Are you guys with me? And you sit under wrong preachers. Have your seats. You sit under wrong preachers. What I mean you sit under wrong preachers? It's condemnation and it's law. It's condemnation and it's law. It's legalism. The letter kills. The Spirit gives life. Where the Spirit of God is, where the anointing is, it'll be like electricity. It'll be like rivers of living water that'll begin to flow. It'll be fresh. It'll be new. Are you guys with me? Your spirit will be rejuvenated. You'll actually be excited instead of feeling bad about yourself. Preachers love to say God judges the church. He doesn't. The church was already judged. We'll do, we're going to do a, a message on. You see, to preach this stuff, you had to die. It might sound simple to you at encounter, but out there it's heretical. I'm, I promise you. I have preachers that come to my house and they want to preach this. A couple already. Some do it sneakily. Some do it boldly. Uh, because you can get cut off like this. How dare you say past, present, and future sins are forgiven? Are you telling me the blood is doing temporal half work? God is out of time, you moron, the preacher, the fool. I'm using biblical language, moronos, fool. Okay? And we'll get now what sin is. I don't know if the church is going to be ready for this thing. Please forget the whole sin, trespasses, iniquity. Forget that whole teaching. That's also, forget the blessing and even the curse. I'm not even gonna preach on that tonight. Whether you're blessed or you're cursed. There's no such, you cannot be under a generational curse. Because God does not remember sins. In the old covenant, He says, I will remember your sins to the fourth generation and hold it onto you till the fourth generation. And the sins of your fathers and the sins of your forefathers. So does a curse, can a curse work? Yes, when I give it a course. When I believe in the curse more than what I believe in the blessing. Are you guys with me? So then people go and uh, what we're preaching here is heretical, yet it's the simplicity of the gospel. For you, you might think, oh, but it's okay. 
try preaching this in another church. I get phone calls. I get messages from ministers, from big ministers. I get suggestive stuff, all this nonsense. Uh, you know, some people just will call me all the time and say, oh, you must be careful of your doctrine. God doesn't forgive future sins. <laughs> people are trying to argue. the for- We're not even speaking about the anointing. We're just speaking about the forgiving power of God. Trying to reduce His blood. So let's go to Colossians where we were. Are you guys with me? Not going to be long tonight. I want to give you the five things that the blessing does me. Then we're going to pray for everyone. We'll lay hands on everyone. And you're complete in Him. Say with me, I am, I am complete in Him. Who is the head of all principality and power. Next verse. In Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. I don't know, people can't receive this message yet. Which means, if Pastor Gerard is here, when he accepted Christ, he accepted the circumcision of Christ. Are you guys with me? This is supposed to be good news for sinners that are, you sinners that are here. Am I giving a license to sin? No, like I said, what I'm preaching will set you free. The law strengthens sin. If he's here, he got saved, what happened? God took His body, His spirit and His soul, and God said, I'm separating your body from you. The body of sin is now circumcised, which means whatever sin there is, is not imputed against Him. Not past only, every sin is not imputed against Him. As a believer, sin has not sinned to you. Am I giving you license to sin? No, I'm giving you freedom. Go and sin if you want to go sin. You will hear God's voice if you're a true believer and you will stop doing it. But when somebody is genuinely saved, they will have a desire to not sin. But when you now understand, but wait, my sins has been judged already. Punishment has already been put upon Jesus for my sin. You can live a free life out of any pressure requirements that you must do this, you must do that, you must fulfill this. You must do step one, step two, step three, step four to do this. And you can know, but wait, I can now go on to what God wants to use me at without worrying which sin is going to be judged on judgment day. Let's get beyond the elementary things. You are forgiven of all trespasses. Say with me, all trespasses. That is past, present and future. Forgiven. Because God is outside of time. He is in your future. So if He forgives, He forgives. He's in your today. He's everywhere. So have you seen, listen to this. In Him, you were also circumcised with Him. The body of flesh was put off. Next verse. Buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. Next verse. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having, saying with me, say, having forgiven all my trespasses. That means if you're a true believer and you've experienced the regeneration of the power of the blood, the refreshing, the renewal, you are are. You have been regenerated. You have been justified, circumcised. All your trespasses is gone. 
How many years do you pray and you pray, oh God, I want to have the anointing, and you pray, yet you have the anointing. Praying, all praying and the Word does is it puts you into alignment and it gives you the mind of God to think like Him, to move like Him, to detect the currents of the Spirit so you can be led by Him. It doesn't change His mind about you. It actually changes your mind about Him. So let's go to the next verse. Having wiped out, so have you wiped out, the handwriting of the requirements. There is no requirement on your life. The hand, having wiped out the handwriting, the letter of the law that was put against your name to say you must do this, you must do that, you must do this, it is wiped out. That was against us, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, which means there's nothing for me to do. It is already done. Get that mindset. What I have to do right now, I'm just preaching the gospel. I must multiply, take dominion, take over, do the great commission. Not because I must, but because I want. Because if the Spirit has done a work in me, I would want to do those things. I want to disciple nations, preach to nations, move in signs and wonders, spend time with Him because I love Him, not because I have to. And if I don't for a week, He still loves me. Even if I'm unfaithful, He remains faithful. It's simple. Are you guys with me? Wiped away. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15. Having disarmed, so have He disarmed, principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Most things what people think is the devil is themselves. Oh, the devil has attacked me. You know, uh, my job is doing this against me. And no, it's just you that is just religious at your job. Stupid. Having no principles, no discipline, common sense, intelligence. How to work. You just want to be a Christian, Christian, flaky, flaky, spiritual person at your job that is uh, and, and you know uh, the devil is so, taking me on this front and it is self don't give the devil power in things that you know, if I tell people what I really believe they'll be so upset but we'll, we'll get there we have to Gently, gently, gently nudge people into the way. Let's go to Hebrews 9.11. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just reading scriptures. That's all the Lord told me tonight. I mean, plus the five things, but let me just read here. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Say with me, perfect. Not made with hands, that is not of, his, of this creation, but it is made with the hands of God, the perfect tabernacle, which is you. Are you guys with me? You are the perfect tabernacle. But Christ came, you are the city on a hill. Where's Mount Zion? We have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, of innumerable angels, the spirits of just men and the congregation of the church registered in heaven. 
but we have come unto Mount Zion. Where's Zion? Here. Where's the tabernacle? Here. Where's Eden? Here. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with greater things and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands and not of this creation. Okay, guys, next verse. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood, He entered the most holy place once and for all, having, oh, wait, not with blood gate goods, but with His own blood. Say with me, read from His butt with His own blood. Once and for all. That's it. Meaning He's not going to do it again. And again. You backslide and you have to enter again. He has done once and for all. Once and for all. Having obtained eternal redemption. Not temporal redemption. We are redeemed today but not redeemed tomorrow. No, you have eternal redemption. Next verse. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? Next verse, next 15. And for this reason, he is the mediator. Say with me, mediator. He is the attorney. He is the mediator. He is the one that mediates this covenant between you and the Father. And the only way there could be a mediator was by means of death. And for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may, may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, say with me a testament, are we in the New Testament? You doubt that, some of you, you think you're in the Old Testament. Are we in the New Testament? For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the, test, of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while a testator lives. Meaning, he's saying there was an old covenant, and that old covenant was kept into play every time animals had to be killed. Are you guys with me? And they would actually say, We are sacrificing this, this, this bull or this goat to, a, to the testament of the covenant of God. That's what the priest would say in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. Now we're coming to the New Testament. There is a perfect lamb that brings a new contract like this to God. So what is the story? It is God Himself coming in the flesh, being born, finding a loophole into His own creation because His Word is higher than Himself. So the moment He sits in creation, He couldn't violate His own Word. So He had to come by the laws that He initiated. So the only way He could get in was through a virgin birth. And when He came in by a virgin birth, He said, I'm gonna cause and I'm gonna write a new contract. And this new contract is not gonna have the terms and conditions of the old contract and the Old Testament on your life. It's not gonna have conditions that you have to go and do a sin offering and you have to do this and you have to do that. This contract is gonna be so easy and simple that all you have to do is believe in Jesus. And what He will do is God is saying, I will live the perfect life. 
that you couldn't live. I will live the sinless life that you couldn't live. I will live the life where I'm sinless, spotless, without blemish that you couldn't do. I will do what you couldn't do so that you can get what you could never gotten. Are you guys with me? So he writes this contract and this covenant. He puts it in play and he says, I will die on every single one. I will be the perfect lamb. And because he was the perfect lamb with the perfect blood, the devil according to a legal system, because God is the judge of all. So God in Himself judged Himself with the devil looking at the new contract and saying, I broke the system and the loophole. And I had a plan of eternal redemption from the ages even before this earth was created. I already the lamb was slain before this earth was formed. Are you guys with me? The lamb was slain before time began. And God created a loophole. And the moment people, and, and He said, I'm creating this loophole and God is sitting as the judge. Ian, He's sitting as a judge and He's looking at the contract that He Himself created with Satan as the accuser there. Because He came into the midst of the presence of God with the sons of God all the time. The court, the setting of God is not a heavenly setting. It is a judge. It is a courtroom setting. So God is saying, He's saying, okay, Jesus fulfilled the contract and every requirement that was held against everyone from this moment on forward. But only what they, all they need to do is have faith in Him. And the contract was signed in blood. And the moment you believed in Him, He became your mediator. And eternal redemption and eternal work. It is that simple. That is the plan of God for man. That is the work that He has done for you. Now how can I not give Him my life and serve Him? All? It's only when you don't believe, when you don't have a revelation and the knowledge and it hasn't clicked yet because God has not extended grace to you. Are you guys with me? God has not extended grace to you because your heart is not ready for salvation. The Bible says, blessed is the man to whom sin is not imputed. And then in the New Testament it says, He imputes righteousness to us. So in the Old Testament, God imputed sin upon the people. In the New Covenant, He imputes righteousness, meaning He holds sin against them. In the New Covenant, He holds righteousness against us, meaning He convicts us unto righteousness. He forces us you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is the message okay? So before we get into dimensions and realms and realities, let's get the simple gospel thing right. Because otherwise people think, when we speak of the anointing and all these things and the glory, they think in their heads they have to work for it. Do you think I worked one bit for preaching tonight? I learned that lesson long ago. And, and the, the, when I learned it, I stopped doing it. Are you guys with me? I got home after preaching this morning, climbed into bed, slept. <laughs> Literally slept. Half past four, I'm like, I don't want to wake up. And I woke up and I got here. It doesn't mean I'm not prepared. No, my spirit is prepared. I can give you word from any direction we want to go. But there's some people, 
before the service, they oh, pray, 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 because they try. They have so much unbelief. Prayer. Do you know who the Bible calls the weaker brother in Romans 14? I think it's better that I preach this in the church and not, not online, meaning like not make videos about it. The weaker brother is the one that thought everything was a sin. I can show it to you, Romans 14. He says that one is weak in faith. He still thinks eating meat is sin. This is what the Bible says. So don't override his conscience. But what does the Bible call him? Weaker. So as you grow stronger with God, you realize a lot of things. You realize a lot of things. We have condemned ourselves and the church has condemned because the preachers condemned the church. Saying they are you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. Uh, condemned, 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 condemned. And uh, where, where were we now? Verse what? Verse what? There is therefore now no condemnation. So have been no condemnation to those who are in Christ. What does it say? No, it says, um, let's put it up. Uh, let me just first see. Oh, let's put it up. Let's go to Romans 8 verse 1. It was one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the full stop. Now if you have the Bible, you have my permission and God's permission to take a pen and scratch out the remaining sentence because it's not in the Bible. Oh, but how dare he take stuff? No, no, no. Just go in the bottom of your Bible. If you have a Bible, in the bottom of your Bible, it'll say this verse is omitted from the actual original manuscript. That part of the verse. Because they couldn't understand that God can say no condemnation. The Bible can say no condemnation with no condition. So the interpreters of King James had to put in a condition and say, no, 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 let's, let's put a condition in. So we do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So immediately you read the Bible this part and you think okay I need to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and our preachers are preaching all these messages on how to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and it just works and works and works he's already done it you are in the spirit are you guys with me where is that I think that's verse 7 or 15 or 7 or, or let's see 9 let's go to verse 7 let's go verse next one I don't know where it is next one yeah, we, yeah, see, I'm better in guessing than the people that have Bibles on them. Romans 8 verse 9. But you are not, say, I am not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So you don't pray to get in the Spirit. You Listen, you need to change your belief system. Everybody's like, I need to pray so that I can be in the Spirit before I can minister to this one. No, you are in the Spirit. That is just some mystical stuff that makes you feel good and you pray and it gives you some confidence and now you think you can go pray for somebody. No, you are in the Spirit. You are not in the flesh. Are you guys with me? Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Okay, so, 
So let's, let's get on. Let's get to the five things that the blessing does for you. Go with me to Numbers 22 verse 1. Numbers 22 verse 1. So we, we went this morning into how God will remember your sins no more and He chooses not to remember it and He doesn't remember it. His omnipotence, He overrides His omniscience and He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. He completely doesn't remember your sins anymore because He's being all-powerful, His omnipotence chooses not to remember. So when it comes to your sin, God chooses to forget that part. So when you have sinned yesterday, He looks at you and He's like, I don't see a sin. What God does see and what you do feel is just that you are a bit distant from Him. Because the sin affects you, not God. I, I don't know if people think I'm preaching false doctrine. I'm just giving you Bible. It affects you. It just affects your fellowship because now what happens? You feel guilty because you are not yet mature. Now, I'm not saying those who are mature can go and sin and uh, no, 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 that stuff is bad. And, and uh, uh, don't do that. You would not want to do that. But Leon, do you say that we can leave you and go and sin? Yes. I mean, I mean you can do it, but you would not ask me that question if you were genuinely saved. It's a stupid question. It's like, oh, I can be away from, are you saying I can be away from my wife for two weeks? So you say I can actually go and just sleep with other women? No, if you, why would you want to do that? Why are you like that with your relationship with God? So can you go and sin? Go and sin, do whatever you want. Are you guys with me? So he says, I will remember your sins no more. And we saw the five I wills. And God is saying, I will do this, I will do that. I will write the new laws on the heart. I will this, I will that, I will this. And in the new, old covenant, we had to do. In the new covenant, God already has done. So go then to Numbers chapter number 22, verse 1. Listen to this. So the, the blessing of God. Let me see if I can get this to them. We're going to pray for you. I won't be long with this one. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people. So with me, exceedingly afraid. Because they were many and Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So King Moab, was it King Moab? Was, I think it was a king, sorry, I don't want to jump uh, or, or, or say things now because my mind is, I'm continually thinking of something else. It's, it, 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 he was the king and then Balak was in and then Balaam. Yeah, so Moab was the king. Huh? 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 Talk louder if you want to talk. <laughs> Moab was the king. Yeah, yeah, he was the king. Okay, so I just want to make sure that, that, that because I don't think when I'm, when I'm reading here. And Moab was exceedingly afraid because of the children of Israel. Number one, the blessing will make you a threat to others. I'm going to say it again. The blessing of God upon your life will make you to become a threat to, the, uh, to others. People will look at you. Your enemy will be threatened by you. So do the blessing of God. So, so we see now how he would call for Balaam and Psalms. So let's go to verse 4, next verse. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of Moabites. 
at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor. Balaam was a prophet, which was near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, he's asking the prophet, so, so, so he's asking the prophet to, he says, Therefore, please come at once, curse the people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed and he whom you curse is cursed. So the Moabites were afraid that they were next. So Balak hired Balaam, the prophet, to come and curse the children of Israel. Meaning that Balaam was known as the main blesser and cursor of the day. They had many diviners, many sorcerers. Yet they would go to one prophet that they knew that if this man speaks, there's a blessing. If this man speaks, there's a curse. And whatever comes out of his mouth, it happens. So they go to Balaam. And let's go to verse 7. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with a diviner's fee in their hand. And they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princess of Moab stayed with it. Let me just say, say with me a diviner's fee. You know, so many people talk nonsense. Those online, sometimes you would think, not those who are put off in countertures, but sometimes you would think those who are just jumping on, it's the, like they have no brains at all. You know, we have a partnership. Oh, you just, brought, you just give the salvation to those who pay. You idiots. You have no... You know, do you even think before you type? I have never charged for a prophecy. I have twice prophesied and I said to somebody afterwards, I want you to give this money or throw this offering in. And it was not somebody with money. It was somebody that had that, for example, even Kruger's door had a hundred rand on them. That's all. And I said, now I prophesy out of here. I said, I want you to take all the money you have and put in the offering. That was by instruction of God. It's not me needing it. The way God be the blessing begins to work is when you understand that money is immaterial. Because when, when it is still something, it has power over you. And it tells you it's difficult to, to receive or it is it is very important to have. So either or, you're not going to succeed or you will worship it as a God. And when that money comes, it is difficult for you to part of it. So there are two things that God loves and even psychologists of modern day time says that changes a person's life and that's gratefulness and generosity. Those two things. But you can only be grateful if you know what Christ has done on the cross. We don't have to wake up and, and, and think like, you know, all the motivational speakers say, you know, wake up and think of uh, three things that you're grateful for. No, I'm grateful for one thing, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't have to wake up and think of three uh, grateful things and then to make my declarations as they call it and all these. No, 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 no. I believe in the Word. 
I'm grateful that Christ has done. I don't have to think I'm great. I don't have to think I'm grateful for my kids. And of course, I'm grateful for them. But I don't have to look and find something to be grateful about. If you as a Christian have to find something you're grateful about, something is seriously wrong in your life. You have missed the whole thing. And then out of that gratefulness comes generosity. Because when you're grateful, you cannot help but to be generous. And when you have those two qualities in your life, people are attracted to you. So favor is attracted to you. Blessings is attracted to you. Open doors happen. Are you guys with me? So when money, money has to become immaterial. Money has to become not important, although important. How do I say it must have no hold over you? I've had money come to me and I'll give it away. And I used Rache as an example. He gave me a gift a while back. Uh, uh, and he gave me a, 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 a gift of money. And uh, it was a nice amount. And as he gave it to me, also, I'm going to give it away now. And uh, um, did I need it? Not specifically. Did I want it? Yes. Uh, but did I need it? No. And do you know what will make a person? I have two people for me to stand, stand there. You will have one that is blessed. No, no, let me say it like this. One that has a lot and has blessed and that was a great need. And then God will allow somebody to come with, with money, with a gift and give it to the one that has. And then this one would think, but what just happened? I am the one who is in need. The blessing attracts blessing. Need doesn't attract blessing. In fact, need pushes it away. Because God wants you to know you are already blessed. And when this one can celebrate about what is happening to this one. But why does it come to this one? Because this one knows how to work with money. This one is going to be given a fish and have to get another fish the next day. But this one is already taught how to fish. So somebody that gives him understands when they give into him, they make a transaction to get what he has. To tap into a realm that he has. Are you guys with me? So when, you can have your seat. So when that came, and I think it was two hours later, the Lord said to me, give it away. And I, and I gave it away. I, 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 uh, you know, I don't know what he, I didn't even ask him. And I said to him, don't think it'll happen in the future. So again, it won't. So when you give to me, it'll really come to me. It was just, do not give it to me. Uh, you know, give it to me when I'm out of the spirit. In the flesh. At home. But, uh, it comes into my hands and I'm just like, somebody else needs it. And I take it and I give it to them. But what happens? Because I have, God can use me. Because I have, God can use me. If I didn't have, could God use me? No. So we make ourselves unusable by not having money. Not having money is not up to God, it's up to us. But then a blessing can come and add no sorrow to it and can increase it. But we live in a natural world where we have to apply, where a lot of people are waiting on handouts on God. And they're waiting and they're going from miracle to miracle. If I live from miracle to miracle, I would not be able to bless somebody else. I don't be able to give a card away here or to do this or to do that. So money has become immaterial. So when it would come into my hands, I see it as nothing. And I can just give it like that. So I don't, my heart is not owned by money. I own it. I choose where it goes. It is no, 
It is no restriction on my thinking, okay, this money no one is going to get. I'm going to keep it as important. That's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm not ruling over it. Are you guys with me? This year is going to be one of the greatest years of a wealth transfer. But people need to be intelligent to understand in this year you will be able to become a million. It's already available. With the digital age we're going in, you can become a millionaire overnight like this. One thing you do, the church is too lazy. Lazy. Are you guys with me? Money quickly earned becomes a curse. Have your seats. Do you know that people that receive an inheritance are not allowed to be on the Forbes, what is it, Forbes 500? Not allowed to be on the Forbes 500 because they never worked for it. Now, inheritance is a sign of blessing, but somebody else worked for it. But don't act like you worked for it. Don't act like you worked for it. Somebody else worked for it. So inheritance, God really gives an inheritance through parents to people who don't know how to make money because they need it. But those who don't receive an inheritance have been given an ability to create an inheritance for others after them. It is simple. I can give you right now 20 ways like this how to make money. When people are slow, I was speaking in Krugersdorp and speaking about our team and so on and things where they were supposed to be speeding and speed up, where they slow and they can miss opportunities. The church has killed you and told you AI is satanic. The internet is so bad. Social media is so bad. Yet that is where the whole world is making money from right now. Are you guys with me? It's church like social media is so bad and then two years later everybody's on every All the churches are on social media. So we understand the, the, the church is always behind. 10 years behind, 20 years behind. There is a wealth transfer. They say the next year and two years, next two, three years is going to be the greatest. This is the world speaking, not, 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 not the church. That the transfer of wealth, of generational wealth, it'll be the most millionaires of, what do you call it, Gen Z or Gen Y or what do you call it, Gen Z? Somewhere there. I'm not exactly sure with, with the names anymore. It'll be the years where the most millionaires will come out of that age group. 13, 14, 15. Because of what is available. Yet the church said, I'm praying for a miracle for two years. I don't know what God doesn't, you know, they're just like moping in themselves. One church, I'm not going to say, that I'll change the thing a little bit, but let's say they got chairs. It was something similar. I saw them putting up, a, I preached at this church a while back. And they said they got chairs. I saw them putting photos up a big church. Well, not big, maybe like a little bit bigger than us here. And they made this post. I thought it was very offensive. They said, we, we want to celebrate in this joyous victory and thank God we have prayed years and years and years for this chairs. Now it was something that wasn't even as expensive as chairs. I'm thinking, you have prayed years and years. I was there, I would do it in the first day. In the first day. It's the mindset of the church. 
Let's pray and wait for God to do something for us. So I live from miracle to miracle, not living a blessed life, knowing that my hands is blessed. That if my hands is, the, is, is diligent and not lazy, I will prosper. Are you guys with me? Unfortunately, many in the church have a mental disease. It is like that. Many times what we think is demons is not demons, it's a mental illness. And then you have demons as well. As preachers or those who are in deliverance, we know the difference. And we know when to work with something or not. Many people don't know, but many people are mentally have mental illnesses because of technology recently. And the advancement of technology and the attention and everything that their mind is continually 24 hours in fight or flight mode because they just in an instant gratification app and just want to swipe. So, so their minds is messed up and you have a church full of mental illnesses. I'm not saying you now. Say the church, unfortunately, is full of it. So you have people that just think, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Some people would find it so good and all they can do is just gossip, 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 gossip. Just talk about somebody, others. But never worry. Stop talking about others and worry about your own life. The Bible says, mind your own business. If your bank account is not bigger than theirs, don't talk about them. I'm really serious about that. Because money proves how God trusts you. I'm going to say it again. Money proves, according to Scripture, how God trusts you. We're going to go from parable to parable. From the parable of the talents to the wages to a lot. Of, uh, from the, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. When God blesses somebody with money, or money, a lot of money comes to them, it is because God is trusting them and they can handle it. So we must ask ourselves, why am I not entrusted? And we blame the economy. We blame South Africa. The more I blame, I eliminate myself from being blessed. Because I give power to something and someone else. And I don't keep the power for myself. The moment I blame, I give power to someone else. I'm a victim of this one. I just gave them power. Uh, that one is withholding me from getting blessed. I just gave them power over my life. You have absolutely no limitation. As I said, Elon Musk can be a multi-billionaire. And the church is sitting, they have Christ, this man doesn't. They've got the Holy Ghost, this man doesn't. They got the blood, this man doesn't. They have the Bible, he doesn't have the Bible. He has, but he's not in it. They got everything, they got eternal life, he doesn't. Are you guys with me? Yet, where is the money? I had a minister phone me. Say, he's battling with money in his ministry. Someone I, well, I know well. I say to them, okay, look. If you do, if you just listen to me, and you just do the five things, one, two, three, four, five. Just the five things. I promise you, in the next six months to a year, you will 10x your ministry income. I give you my word. It's the key of, it's nothing spiritual. It's a key I have. I know how to do it. If you come to this ministry, I'll tell you, do this, do that, do this, do that. People wonder, people come to ministers, go to Pastor Stephen. Oh, are you, are you, you, you know, 
why are you so big? Is it because of, how do you get your church so big? Is it because of the lights? Is it because, no, maybe it is the, the gift of healing. No, listen, none of that stuff grows a church. It is just that we know how to do it. So it comes out of us, we say, okay, he knows, he says, he comes out of us, he knows exactly what we're doing. So what does he do? He just do what we do here. One, two, three, exactly, exactly. I work with our leaders, exactly. I work with our finances, exactly this. It gets blessed. When we have conferences there in Cape Town, it is outside of one or two churches that's gone for 30, 40 years, the biggest church. When we have a conference there, I think last time we were 900 and something people. And I'm not speaking evangelistically, lying about my numbers. Preachers love to lie. And preach, other preachers know when preachers lie about their numbers. So one minister came to I said, just do this, five things. You will intend, I promise you, this will happen. This is what the person said to me. Maybe, you know, it is just my God's will for me to not have. I said to them like this, and I respected them, but I said to them like this. I respect them as a person, but I said to them like this. I said, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. You are lazy. That's it. I just told you exactly, but you believe it's God's will for you to be poor. I cannot do anything for you if that is what you believe. If a person believes that there's nothing wrong with them and you're trying to tell them there is, you're not going to change their mind. It's, that's what the belief system is. I said, you believe it is God's will for you to be poor. That's the difference between me and you. I can tell you I'm not waiting on God for a miracle every day. I'm just doing, I live the blessed life. I do what He has told me to do. We grow the church, we do the best. We know, okay, this year coming, uh, we, we need 60, 70 million uh, as, a, as just income of the church this year coming to be able to do what we are going to do in a month's time or two months time or a month's time. And it should be revealed to you in a month's time. That is just the income. That is not even taking up special things. That within seven years already, I think the church is now on 40 million a year, just this year, 44 million this year, seven years. Are you guys with me? Started from scratch. Plus that's not counting Cape Town, that's not counting our international ministry, that's not counting the broadcasting ministry. Now people say, but where's all this money going? Have you lived in, in the world lately? Okay, we have saved good, but the projects we are going into, we're gonna need people to understand, but wait, this is a generational thing. If I give into this, my kids will be, it'll go to my kids. My kids will be able to encounter God there. I mean, if you're not blessed by the messages we preach of new creation realities, and you're sitting under another church and all they're doing is condemning you, condemning you into the law, into the law, and nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. It's just law, 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 legalism. Please, we preach grace to you. We preach the power of God. We have the power. It's not like we're going to grace because I as a preacher fell into sin. Let's not get into preachers into sin. Let's leave that one. We'll do that. I think I'm doing a live stream on Tuesday with someone called, titled Behind Closed Doors. And then I'll be sharing everything that goes on behind closed doors. Um, I promise you. Tuesday night. Okay. So, uh, I said to this person, just do this. They're like, no, this is God's will for me. 
I don't know what it is that allowed or made God choose us to bless us. I can't say there's anything we have done. It's the blessing and the favor of God. We have been wise with it, wise stewards with it. We have been wise stewards, trust me, with money. How do you do what we are going to do in seven years, plus already own assets, quite a few assets, paid off all our debts, have 24 staff or even more, planted churches out, and I as a preacher have a blessed life as well. And if you're upset in your heart, there be a devil there. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Don't live from a miracle to a miracle. Live from blessing to blessing. Live a blessed life where you're constantly in it. Constantly in it. There was a time where I prayed for miracles and trusted for a miracle and a miracle would come and God would give us and I thought that is what ministry is. I was so wrong. Ministry wasn't trusting God for a miracle and then somebody come and sit on my debt. I was actually being a burden to the body of Christ. And I was living on handouts and charity. And if God would keep on doing that, He would keep me in that position. The same way if you keep giving the poor just a handout, you keep them in that position. So I had to sometimes be shifted to the blessed life. And then I realized, I walked, I thought lately, but where is the miracles? Meaning financial things in my life. I know we see miracles in the church and those things. But so like, where's like this happening? And the Lord said, okay, would you want that happening? Or are you content with you being able to just walk into a place and go buy it? Why somebody not, you know, uh, 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 like for example, uh, you know, uh, I haven't seen somebody coming to give this big gift or do this or do that. I haven't seen that but it's not needed because we're living a blessed life. And sometimes we have this thing as a, this, this perception of Christianity that we think we have to do that. Do you know how many ministers suggestively beg to you? You don't even know it. I'm speaking like if they know you personally. Oh, you know, they'll stand by you. I really like this thing there. I'm trusting the Lord for that. <laughs> Another one will post, the, you know, I'm praying for God to come through on this. Why do you need to tell the, why, why are you going to Facebook if you're praying? I thought God heard your prayer. And there are a lot of preachers that take businessmen and they suck on them and suck on them. I just, I chose, maybe I could have been more, have more if I gone that route. I chose not to go that route because, you know, then, then you must fake everything. And the faking, like I said, behind closed doors, Tuesday evening. <laughs> I'm going to spill the beans on a lot of things. Where were we? So let's go to Numbers 22. We were the first blessing is the blessing uh, makes you a threat to others. 22 verse 8, where we? Verse, and he said to them, Lodge here tonight and I'll bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me, to, as the Lord. Where am I now? And he said to them, Lodge here tonight and I'll bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. So, 
Balaam the prophet said, stay here with me and I'm going to go hear from God. And as I hear from the Lord, I will come back to you and tell you what to do. Then God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? Like God didn't know, you know. Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me saying, look, a people has come out of Egypt and they covered the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, <coughs> you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Are you guys with me? So God is saying, you will not open your mouth and speak because, they, because what Balaam spoke happened. But God came to him and said, you will not do it because they are blessed and you cannot curse. And what happens is when you curse something that is blessed, it bounces back. Oh, you have seen the people that try to curse us. Make the live stream quiet for just one minute. Put it, put it on, 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 on silent. What I'm going to say now,
go lower and lower. Because anybody that speaks against you is there to lift you and lift you and lift you. Another one, they can keep the audio on for this one. Another one, as you guys know, they did this whole TV show against us. All I said, I said, don't get into the moving train of the anointing. Because if you are slower, it's going to hit you with a momentum. And you're not going to know whether you're coming or going. And you also lost everything. But it's got nothing to do with God. It's your stupid words. And your mouth that you can't keep shut. And your heart that you can't protect. It is that simple. So, are you guys with me? So God doesn't judge. But what about our nine essence of finance? We'll get into all those things later on. God doesn't judge the church. God does not judge the church. Don't listen to these fear-based. What about Ananias and Sophania were not genuine believers. They were not actual believers. They were never saved. They came to extort the church with a business deal with land. And they wanted to see how they can make money off the church. That's why judgment comes to them. Are you guys with me? So can we get the fear that God is going to judge? Or if something bad happened, that judgment is happening to you? You want to, you're silent, you want it, that's fine. <laughs> you're fine. Because I promise you, you're sitting here, some of you sitting here, something happens to you, you phone us. Is it because I've done something wrong? How many years do you want us to preach to you? The freedom of Christ. And you store things because you did something wrong. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. His anger ceased at the cross. Religion wanted you to think something else. Receive the grace of God. Are you guys with me? So, 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 say with me, you, can go, uh, 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 you cannot curse what God has blessed. So the blessing protects you. Are you guys with me? The Bible says, touch not my anointed. Who was anointed? It is you. His anointing is in you. The blessing protects so let's go verse 13. Let's carry on reading verse 13. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princess of Balak, go back to your land for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princess of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And princess of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. So Balaam was good up until that point. Let's go to verse 15. Then Balak again sent princes. Sorry, I wanted to be a bit finished earlier, but we're just flowing our rush. Then Balak again sent princes, more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, Please come, curse this people for me. I had people, I had one guy in our house, a big minister, get on his knees in front of us and say, and I had to lift them up and they had to say, I'll do anything you want. If you say we are here, a year later they betrayed me. But anyway, let's leave that thing alone. Um, but their eyes were on a place that Listen, I will honor you. I will do everything that you want. This is what they did with Balaam. Just come and curse the people here for me. Now listen to Balaam's response. Let's go to verse 18. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, 
I could not go beyond the word of the Lord. You can never go beyond the word of God. If His word says you're blessed, you're blessed. Don't change it. If His word says that the blessing makes you rich, His blessing makes you rich. That's it. Don't try to change it. Don't try to change the wording because you're afraid of the religious spirit. But Balaam said, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord. Let's go to, uh, so, 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 he says, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord. Let's go to uh, verse 12, back to verse 12. I want to read you this. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Put on Proverbs 10 verse 22. Proverbs 10 verse 22. For the blessing of the Lord. Say with you, say the blessing of God makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. So the third thing that the blessing does for you, it will, say with me, it will make me rich. It has to. It is the covenant of God. In fact, I prophesy and I say that if you get into the blessing, may land be given to you. May you inherit it. May it be your portion. Whenever the promises of God and His blessings came in the old covenant, it was land and land and land that was given and distributed and given to people. Are you guys with me? So the blessing will make you rich. It will attract material things. The richness is not the blessing, but the blessing will make you rich. And do you know what a religious spirit will do? You can have your seats. You know what a religious spirit will do? A religious spirit will sit here and be disgruntled. How dare he speak about money, but go out and play the lotto. I'm serious. There'll be a hypocrite two-faced. There's one or two sitting here. Because you have been indoctrinated by a church that is part of a system to keep you poor. Are you guys with me? Trust me, what I'm preaching is very heretical to others out there. Yet it's the simple Word of God. The simple. But we also had preachers that contacted me. Very good, big preachers. Like, I want to preach this. This is an incredible revelation. Another very big person I was with said to me, they believe everything I said. I told you this, but they just can't preach it to their people. They said it to me, one-on-one. On one. This was a big minister. Said they believe in this, they believe in that, they believe in this, they believe in that. They believe you cannot lose your salvation. I cannot, I cannot preach it to the people. Leonie must be very careful preaching it to the people. So I believe one thing and I preach another thing. It doesn't make sense to me. I won't do stupid things because if I really tell you what I believe, uh, like, you know, but don't worry, you grow into those things. And don't worry, nothing, we still believe in hell. You want to believe in hell, we believe in hell. I just believe in that you cannot lose your salvation. It is simple. I don't know why preachers are upset with me about it. It's not like they love me. I can guarantee you that. There's a different agenda. It's maybe because their people are listening. We have over a thousand people watching right now. Number four. Say with me, the blessing guides. 
the blessing will guide you. Listen to this. Number, okay, let's go to verse 20. Numbers 22, verse 20. The blessing will guide you. Almost done. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come to call you, listen to this. Balaam came to, God came to Balaam at night. Now this is the second group of men that's coming. Balaam is going to God again. And God is saying to him, if, say with me, if. If the men come to call you, they, they already came and called him. So they were at his house. So God was saying to you, if they come and call you, they're not going to come and call him. Listen to this. If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. Verse 21. So God said, rise and go with them. Are you guys with me? If they call you. Verse 21. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and he went to the princes of Moab. They didn't come to him. He went to them. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. Because he didn't listen to God's word when God said, if they come to you. But you were so eager, Balaam, because you wanted money. So you went to them. And you wanted to find a loophole, maybe that God is saying this, that we can get this money. Instead of listening and not going beyond the word of the Lord. You know, I cancelled a lot of invites this year. That's been coming and invites are still coming and I'm cancelling it. Because I'm busy with the word of the Lord. One assignment that God has given me is what we are busy with. And I have to get that finished. Because that I've seen in the vision of the Lord, that I've seen by the angel of the Lord that came and told me, and please, after Leon de Prius said an angel visited him, all of a sudden many angels visit many other preachers. The blessing God. Numbers 22 verse 22. So, so 22. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey. And his two servants were with him. So let's go to verse 23. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hands. And the donkey, say with you, the donkey, turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on his side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood a narrow place where there was no way to turn either the right or the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. Balaam hit her again and struck her with a staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Listen to this. God didn't speak through the donkey. God allowed the donkey to have a conscience. At that moment, a will and emotions and an intellect and speak from itself. Are you guys with me? The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to him, what have I done to you and why have you struck me these three times? Listen to me, animals, there was a time animals could talk. Are you guys with me? Can get into Eden. There was a time when animals could talk. That's why they have voice boxes. That's why you can sit with a parrot. But there was a time when it was shut down. Don't put Jesus and religion and everything in a little box like this of what we have been taught. You are Eden. 
you serve in the garden of God. You, are you guys with me? Eden comes, the rivers come out of the four rivers of your heart. The four chambers of your heart comes four rivers, which is the four rivers of Eden that flows out of you. As Adam was Eden, Christ is Eden and you are the firstborn in His image. Uh, sorry, He's the firstborn of many brethren. You are conformed to His image. So you are Eden. So wherever you are walking, you are a walking, talking Eden. You are an open heaven, a living stone. You are the tabernacle. You are the tent of meeting. Are you guys with me? You are the city on a hill, which means you are a city. In the spirit, there's no capacity. There's different capacity to what the material things look like here. That is why over 8,000 demons could be in one person. Are you guys with me? So listen, so the Lord opened the mouth and, he, and the donkey said, why are you striking me? A donkey... Listen, listen, listen. My battery's about to die, so I need to hurry up. A, a, a donkey is the only animal. I can't remember if I said it this morning or at Krugersdorp or here. Yeah. A donkey is the only animal that if you look from the top, it has a cross on its back. That is why when Jesus called for a donkey and a colt to walk him into Jerusalem, and they were all shouting, Hosanna. He sat on the donkey with his feet on the colt. He sat on the old covenant with his feet on the new covenant and he walked in saying, I am the fulfillment of the covenant of the old covenant so that you can enter into the new. And it was prophesied by Zechariah that he will take a donkey and a colt. And Jesus fulfilled it to the T, but he chose a donkey and God knew he was going to chose a donkey. So God marked his back with a cross because as the cross would carry Jesus, the donkey would carry Jesus as he is walking. Are you guys with me? So the donkey is the blessing of God. So the blessing of God will guide you. So the donkey is the blessing, meaning it's the cross. It's the finished work of the cross. And the donkey of Balaam saw the angel of the Lord and wanted to stop Balaam from going, from going further. If Balaam could have listened to the donkey, he would have been guided in a different way. Let's go on. Verse 38. Verse 38. And Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you now. Have I any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that word I must speak. Let's jump to Numbers 23 verse 18. Numbers 23 verse 18. So he's still busy. Listen to this. Then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. So if the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Let every word of man be a lie, but every word of God be truth. So if he says his blessing will make you rich, it's time to live the blessed life. You, I am going to preach you frustrated with this until you're thinking, but I want, I, why am you going to get back to your house and saying, ah, oh, this is not the blessing of God. And God will stretch you. And the moment you begin to think like that is the moment of your preparation. It, people, listen, God loves to keep people happy. So if they are happy with what they have, He wants to keep them happy.
Are you guys with me? <laughs> Before Pastor Chris met me, he lived in a, he, he, if, if I didn't push him, as prosperous as what he looks, if I didn't push him to get out of his two-bedroom flat, he would have still been in there. And he was so scared of getting out of that two-bedroom flat. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I know. It's a two-bedroom townhouse. Or three-bedroom, two-bedroom townhouse. Where's your faith? Are you guys with me? So listen, listen, listen. Numbers 23 verse 2. Let's go to verse 20. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He, God has blessed. So the God has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. Meaning the fifth thing that the blessing of God does is it is irreversible and it cannot be reversed. The moment God has blessed you, it cannot be reversed. The devil cannot reverse it. Satan cannot take it. People cannot take it. You can let it go, but the devil cannot take it. The moment you're saved, it's irreversible. Do you know the irreversible blessing is a type and a shadow of His eternal salvation that we received? The Bible is full about it. From the old covenant into the new covenant. That the moment you're saved, you cannot get unsaved. You cannot get unborn. The same way a baby cannot enter back into the womb of his mother. The same way we cannot enter back into the womb to be reborn. We are born again once. And that is it. Seventy, the blessing is irreversible. It cannot be reversed. Satan cannot take it. People cannot steal it. Say it is irreversible, irrevocable. I am the blessed. I am the favorite of God. I am the Joseph of God. Wearing a dream coat, a multicolored dream coat. Listen, stand your feet, stand your feet, stand your feet. As Joseph was wearing a multicolored dream coat. It was a type and shadow of Jesus' garments that He was wearing on the cross that they would gamble for to win His garments. And as they would gamble to win His garments and Jesus was crucified upon the cross, they took His body off and they took His, they didn't take His, they took, they took and take His body. They, they gambled for His clothes, but they took His garments. The same way Joseph's brothers took His robe. Are you guys with me? and took it to his father with blood and say, your son has been killed. Here is his clothes. So Joseph was a type and shadow of Christ. I want to be as bold to say, although it's not theologically correct, but it is practically correct, that Christ is a type and shadow of you. Abraham was a type and shadow of Christ. Christ is a type and shadow of you. Not that he's inferior. I'm, I'm not saying that theologically. I'm just trying to give you an image that he's the firstborn of many. That he's something that if the, he has the plan of God. And the moment he went to the cross, God is saying, it was the first moment when he stretched his hand and he said, it is finished. It was that moment that God rested. 
God never rested on the after creation. The Bible says He rested on the seventh day with one day is a thousand years with the Lord. But when He went to the cross, He said, it is finished. It was that moment, first of all, where God ceased and He rested. His anger ceased towards creation. Now it was for them to tap into Christ and to believe unto Him for eternal life. But His anger ceased. So when you see an earthquake, it's not a judgment. We have our doctrine wrong. Are you guys with me? When you see floods, it's not a judgment. It's not a judgment. It is just groaning pains. Growth pains of the earth. Groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God, the kainos creation, until the sons of God, until you and I can come into realization. But wait, this is what is my actual new identity and Christ created identity. This is actually what I'm supposed to be. And until I come, and if I don't get to that realization, the earth is going to continue crying and continually groaning and moaning with an eager expectation, waiting, meaning nature sits and waits. Stones are alive. And I can get into the different kingdoms of God from the microbiotic kingdom up until the mineral kingdom, into the plant kingdom, into the animal kingdom, into the human kingdom, into the celestial kingdom and the angelic kingdom. We can get into the kingdoms. Every kingdom has a consciousness. Every kingdom has a voice. Every kingdom has a ear. The Bible says, it says that, uh, the rocks will cry out and praise Him. And the fig tree heard the words of Jesus. And the Bible says the fig tree answered Him back. Are you guys with me? The Bible says money answers all things. So money speaks. And money is the mineral kingdom. The donkey spoke. Are you guys with me? So please understand in the realm of the Spirit, trees are men and men are trees. That's why Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. That's why there was a tree of life in the Garden of Eden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which were entities, beings. The tree of life was Jesus Christ. He was standing in the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was, an, was a being that spoke. So when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they didn't eat the fruit. They listened to words. Are you guys with me? It's going to clash with your orthodox mind, I understand. But we have proven it to you out of Scripture. The book of Proverbs says that you shall eat of the fruits of your lips. What does it say? By the fruits of your lips, you shall eat something, something. Uh, you'll be blessed by the fruits of your lips. So you shall eat of the fruits of your lips. You shall. Uh, so what happened to... Adam and Eve, they listened to words and as they were listening, they were eating it. Because the fruits of your lips is what you speak. So the tree was speaking to them and it's like a fruit. When you take a fruit in the realm of the Spirit, it is knowledge given to you. So the blind man was healed and he saw men walking like trees, men as trees. And then he saw them as men. So first his spiritual eyes opened. Then his natural eyes opened. So men are trees. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
and we can go on. And the book of Revelation is the tree of life. Are you guys with me? As we abide in the vine, and as we abide in Him, we shall die, and etc. and etc. We are a tree planted by the rivers flourishing like a tree evergreen whose branches will not go will not wither whose fruit shall not uh, we shall be we shall bear fruit throughout all seasons and leaves throughout all seasons we are like trees the bible says the trees clap their hands in the forest so there are things about the realm of the spirit you see when you're natural when you're carnal you just see this far There are things that is alive. Money is one of the entities that is alive. It is the only entity, material thing that God places next to Him. And God says, you can worship that or you can worship me. Mammon is not money. Mammon is when you make money a God and you put it next to God. So, He is saying that money is alive and money has ears and it can speak because money answers all things but how do we know it has ears because for something to speak scientifically it has to be able to hear so if somebody has speech problems the first thing they do a baby when they have speech problems they look at the hearing capabilities when they see the hearing capabilities because that would give them the ability to speak so money has to have ears in order to speak are you guys with me and it will speak for you but it has ears, which means that if it has ears, it can be called. What is faith? Faith is a speaking spirit. It comes out of your mouth. When you open your mouth and speak, for this is the spirit of faith. The Bible says that He has spoken and we have believed. When you speak, it is faith. It declares your faith. Go with me to Job chapter number 28. As you're standing, 28, the, the, the scripture where it says, the decree. Uh, let me just try to get it here. Is it 22 verse 28? Or is it Job 22 verse 28? Go to Job 22 verse 28. Let's see if it is that. Listen to this. You will also declare a thing. And it will be established for you. So light will shine on your path, on your ways. So the Bible says when you speak, it will be established. But listen further. Let's carry on reading further. When they cast you down, you shall say, exaltation will come. Then God will save the humble person. So when they say you will not make it, you keep speaking that you will make it. You say, I will be exalted, I might be cast down, but I'll be lifted up. And then God will look at the one that is humble and He will lift you. Next verse, listen to what happens more. He will even, say with me, even, deliver the one who is not innocent. Let's read it again. That's good news for you, by the way. Don't look so self-righteous. He says, when you declare a thing, it shall be established. When you speak it forth and decree it, the Amplifier says, when you declare and decree it, it shall be so for you. Which means that when you command your morning, so it shall be. You have been given, God has shut the language of animals 
because language and vocation and, and uh, uh, the ability to, to articulate and having a vocabulary is the ability what we call creative language. It's not creating something out of nothing like God has. We don't have that power. But it's creating something out of the spiritual realm what God said we already have. So if God says you are blessed, your mouth is the vehicle, the avenue and the instrument by which you establish that blessing and you begin to declare and decree it. And even if you're not innocent, you will be delivered. Do you know when I pray for people when they are guilty in a court case, that I say to them, go to this verse because God is not a liar. I don't care what a man says. We are not above the moral law or the civil law. I understand that. But there's still the Word of God. So He can have favor and mercy and grace. You can, might have consequences or you might not. Get to the words. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, He will be delivered by the purity of your hands. So I will declare a thing. I will decree it that I am blessed with an irreversible blessing. Me and my house is blessed for generations from this moment. Say the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Say the blessing of the Lord will make me rich. I am frustrated to be in this dimension. 2024, I shift to a higher dimension. There is abundance for you this year, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ah.